morning, everyone. Um, the passage is taken, is in the NIV version, it's taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Treasures in heaven. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You end the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Christine, for reading that for us. And if you have a Bible or a device, you might want to keep it open at that passage, Matthew chapter 6. Well, good morning, and it's um, lovely to be with you this morning. My name's Alan, I'm part of the team here at St. Saviors, if you don't know who I am. And we are following this series called Winning Faith, as we're going through Matthew's Gospel. And we're trying to work out how we can have a faith, which is wins, which has quality, which has a great relationship with God. And some of the great themes we've looked at over the past weeks are temptation, calling, healing, sharing our faith, who gets to join, and you can catch up on any of those talks if you are away, or you can watch them again on our YouTube channel. But the question for today's talk, is a question that Jesus asks, it's the title of the talk this morning, is where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? And how you answer that question really determines the quality of your faith and your relationship with God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word this morning and we pray, Lord, that you just come and speak to each of us now. So as we pause and come into your presence and want to hear from you, speak to us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's tell you two short stories, um, two short true stories. The first is when I first bought a brand new car. I'd never had a brand new car before. I've never had a brand new car after. A car which no one else had driven straight from the factory had that smell. You know, when you open the doors, that smells of newness. It was um, 2007, so it was a few years ago. And I had a brand new Seat Leon delivered to me from the factory. I had the car for two weeks. It was my pride. It was my joy. You could see your face still in the paintwork. It was so shiny. And I went out for a meal one day, parked it in the high street, had my meal. When I came back, the car wasn't parked where I left it. It was actually parked a little bit further down the road, and there was another car sort of on top of it. And what happened was there'd been an accident while I was enjoying my meal. Someone had driven into it and shunted it halfway down the road. And the bumper was broken, the radiator, the grill, the bonnet was sticking up, the lights were smashed all over the road, the police were called, and my pride and joy was sitting there all smashed up. And I was kind of in a, it was a bit of a sort of a quandary because the person who had actually hit my car was a famous Hollywood actor, actress who I used to have a bit of a crush on when I was younger. So, so there's part of me that was really happy to meet 
this Hollywood actress. But there's another part of me that said, but you've ruined my pride and joy. Um, unfortunately, the car wasn't a write-off. It was taken to the garage. They put a new bumper on it, a new front, new lights, new radiator, new bonnet. But it was never the same again. It wasn't like it was when it first came out of the factory. I lost my new car. I've never had a brand new car since. My second story is of um, a young lady who I got speaking to who comes to our food bank, one of our clients. And she was sharing with me that she was from Ukraine. And her family had a business in Ukraine. They had warehouses and a distribution business that went all over the country. They employed lots of um, employees and they had property. And she said when the war broke out in Ukraine, they lost everything. They came here, they were homeless, they were refugees. She was um, a university student. She was having to finish her degree online by Zoom as best as she can. And she'd lost everything. And those two stories remind us that life can be so fragile, can't it? Things that we build up can be taken away just like that. Our work, our possessions, our health, the things that we spend our whole life investing in can be gone just like that. And we accept it. We accept that's just how life can be. Some people just seem to be luckier than others and seem to get through it with losing less than other people lose. But Jesus says there's a better way to live your life. He says this in verse 19. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Instead of trying to build something that could crumble so easily, Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven. So how do we lay up treasures in heaven? How do we store these treasures up? Well, there's two things that Jesus tells us in this passage that we can focus on, how we can store up treasures in heaven. The first thing is your priorities. Jesus says, focus on your priorities. Focus on what's really important. Focus on where you spend your time and your money. Verse 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's a great verse of scripture. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we often get that verse the wrong way round. I remember when I was at theological college, um, our New Testament teacher was um, a, a very famous New Testament scholar. And he challenged us when we were looking at this passage. He said, um, if you're really honest with yourself, and you really think about your heart, where your heart is, the things that are important to you, would you say that where your heart is, where your, maybe your partner is, your spouse, your friends, your family, your children, would you say that those are the things that are really important to you? And of course, we all put our hands up and say, yeah, that's exactly what we would say. He says, so would you say that that's really where your treasure is? And we said, yeah, absolutely. And he says, well, actually, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. He says the opposite. He says where your treasure is, that's really where your heart is. Whether you believe it, whether you convince yourself of it, whatever you want to believe, where your treasure is really where your heart is. It's not that possessions are wrong. But if that's the focus of your life, where you spend your time and your money, that's really where your heart is. That's a challenge, isn't it, for all of us? Where do we spend our time, our money, our energies? What do we invest in? That's the challenge. How are you making God your priority? Where does your faith fit in your life? 
Where does prayer fit in in your diary? We had our wonderful time of prayer. Yesterday morning, it's twice now, we just gathered together and prayed for the term. Pray that actually God would bless our life of our church. He would guide us, that he would be part of everything we do. Will we be part of what God's doing? Where does that fit in your diary? Where does church fit in in your schedule? For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. How do you focus on your priorities in a way that brings honour and glory to God? Maybe it's just being generous to others in your time, in your money, in your skills. Grant's such a great example of this. You might not believe this, but actually Grant has a full-time job. He's not paid at all by the church. It gives that time and, and inviting you to be part of it, to partner and maybe just help him put up a shed or whatever else it might take. Being generous to others in time, money and skill. Maybe it's making God our priority, not just on Sundays, but what we do during the week. Spending time with him every day, making that our priority. Focus on your priorities. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing that Jesus says is focus on your passions. Focus on your priorities and focus on your passions. Focus on those things which are your desires or your agendas or the things that fill your life, the things that you satisfy yourself with, the things that make you happy. What do you do to make you happy or fill your life with joy? Focus on your passions. Verse 22. The eye of, is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. When we look at what we fill our lives with, makes a difference. You might have heard of the video game Minecraft. And the guy who invented it was a guy called Marcus Pearson. And he owns the most expensive property ever listed in Beverly Hills. And he sold his business, the Minecraft, and label for two billion pounds. He became one of the richest men in the world overnight. And then he said this. He said, I'm in Ibiza in Spain. I'm partying with loads of famous people. I'm able to do whatever I want to do. And yet I've never felt so isolated and alone. And since then he suffered from depression and loneliness. And many people who are successful in the world's eyes have gone through a similar story as his. Suffering from depression, loneliness, emptiness, that sense of being unfulfilled, where they should have everything. Possessions never satisfy you long term. The novelty wears off, you're left empty and they don't fulfill you. We have things, whether it's that new house, a car, or the new kitchen, or the holiday, which seems good at the time. But after a while, the novelty wears off. And when Jesus says, I'm more important to you than stuff, he's saying, let me show you a different way of doing life. Let me show you that life can have true meaning with me. And he goes on to say in verse 24, that you can't serve two masters. You'll hate one and you'll love the other, or you're to be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. Focus on your priorities and on your passions, or you'll just go through life feeling disappointed. Lay up treasures in the heaven which can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's what Jesus says. So what are the treasures? What are the things that we're laying up in heaven? What are these things that should be so worthwhile that it's worth more than anything else we could achieve? If you read on through the Bible into Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is um, not up a mountain now, he's in a home, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he's trying to explain something of the nature of the kingdom of God. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. It's like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold everything he had. And he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. But when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything. And he bought it. The treasure is something so precious, so valuable, that it outweighs anything of the world. Our greatest desires and agendas, all our priorities, outweighs it. The treasure is God himself. It's the kingdom of God. It's his presence. The promise that whatever we do, God is always with us. That he'll never leave us. It's God's love. The promise that there's nothing in all of creation that can ever separate us from this amazing love which he lavished on us when he sent his son to die on the cross. It's his restoration, his healing. He promises that he will repay you for the years the locusts have taken from you. Whatever you've gone through, God can redeem that and restore that and heal it. His promise is his life itself. Jesus says the enemy comes to kill, to steal and destroy. And for some of us, that might be our experience that we've actually gone through such disappointment, such suffering, such pain. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Not just eternal life, but eternal life now, knowing the creator of the universe. It's a treasure that transforms lives. What Jesus says is very practical, something all of us can do. All of us can focus on our priorities, our passions, our time, giving those things to God. The outcome is something that the Holy Spirit does as he fills us and he draws us into this relationship with God. We begin to experience a relationship with Jesus that we can never imagine, a treasure that outweighs anything, anything we could ever buy or purchase. Have you found that treasure? Have you found that treasure? Have you found the peace of being in a relationship with Jesus, the life that he offers you? Have you found that? And if you have found it, have you begun to experience the quality of life or are the things of the world still getting in the way, still blocking the life that Jesus has for you? There's a lovely story of Mother Teresa when she was interviewed by a reporter. And the reporter was just looking at Mother Teresa and her life, the sacrifice she'd made, the pain, the suffering that she'd gone through to serve other people. And he said, you know what? I couldn't do what you could do. Even if someone was to pay me a million dollars, I couldn't do what you could do. And Mother Teresa's answer, I love her answer. She said, for a million dollars, I couldn't do it either. But for Jesus, I could do it. Because I've received something that far outweighs anything that the world can offer me. Jesus is showing us there's a treasure worth leaving everything for. But you have to experience it for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It can be explained to you, but unless you experience it for yourself, you'll never know what the treasure is. It's not about what you've left, it's about what you've found in him. And that's the invitation. Laying up treasures in heaven, receiving Jesus himself forever. If you're able, would you like to stand?
Kirsty's going to lead us in some worship. I'd just like to just make some space for myself and for you just to come before God. And I think sometimes it's just a healthy thing we can do spiritually, like a sort of spiritual MOT. Say to the Lord, maybe what am I doing at the moment? How am I doing with my priorities, Lord? How am I doing with those things? Lord, would you search my heart? Show me where I've allowed other things to get in the way of my first love, which is you. How am I doing with my passions? Where's the thing I go to to unwind, to be happy, to be full of joy, to be at peace? Jesus isn't saying there's anything wrong with us having nice things, the joy and leisure activities. Just saying they're not to be your focus. Where's your priorities? Where's your passions? Where does Jesus come? life, in your family's life, in your home, in your workplace, in your leisure. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come now, to come and speak to us, to come and roam our hearts. Come Holy Spirit. Come and fill us afresh this morning. receive the spirit of the Lord just by faith, just by saying thank you Lord he's here he longs to speak he longs to feel he longs to heal he longs to guide he longs to shape us just come Holy Spirit just receive his spirit allow him to speak to you Maybe something you need to lay down. Maybe he just wants to encourage you just to spend time with him. God's greatest desire is just to walk alongside us, just to be with us, just to fellowship, to relate to us, to have intimacy with us. My, my favorite character in the Bible is a guy called Enoch, because he just walked with God, and it says God just loved that so much that he just took Enoch away, he didn't die. He just went just to be with God, because God just loved hanging out with him. And I say, Lord, I want to be one of those people that you just love hanging out with. He just longed to be with And as we make him our priority, as we focus our passions on him, he shapes our lives and he changes us and makes us to be more like him. As Father, we pray as we worship now that you would be speaking to us of how we can lay up treasures in heaven.
how we can receive you in just greater depths, greater than we could ever imagine. And Spirit, speak to us about our own priorities, our own passions and desires. Show us how we can be focused on you.
feeling that there are people come today with burdens and just they need to put them down and they just need to receive what God is giving this morning. If that's you, we're at the front. We'd love to pray with you. Um, come, come, come and receive from God because he's got so much and he just wants to give. Nothing else. Nothing else. 